Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elrod. All right, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, how are you doing? This is Hal Elrod. I'm excited. I just, I'm excited for a few reasons. Uh, our guest, which I'll get to in a minute, but I we just came off the best year ever Blueprint live experience, uh, more than an event. It really is an experience. And um, we had over 300 people from 11 countries join us in San Diego for two, actually, three life-changing days. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to even explain, but uh, we'll have the new video up for you soon to see like a summary. In fact, it might be up by the time this is up. Go to bestyeareverlive.com, bestyeareverlive.com and the event. Um, uh, yeah, you know, so first weekend in, sorry, I'm, I'm speechless. Uh, first weekend in December next year as well, 2016. And, uh, you know, you can register now to, to grab your spot. It did sell out a month early last year. I'm sure it will again. So bestyeareverlive.com, check it out. And um, that's it for that. But excitement today really is focused on our interview. And I don't know if you've heard of this gentleman. I'm just going to throw his name out there and you might instantly have an image of this really well done hairstyle and this nice suit, right? I see him all over the uh, all over the internet. But uh, I'm talking with Jeff Goins, who is uh, right now really known for his new book, known for a lot of books, but uh, The Art of Work, A Proven Path to Discovering What You Were Meant to do and Jeff Goins, you know he has a lot of a lot of fans, uh, including Seth Godin and John uh, Acuff amongst them, and he is someone who. He's a full-time writer now. He lives just outside of Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, uh, his son, and a border collie. He's authored four books at this point, and he frequently speaks on writing, creativity, and making a difference. And his website, goinswriter.com, has been visited by more than four million people from all around the world. And um, again, I've just been observing Jeff from a distance and really impressed with the impact that he's making. And so today we're going to talk with him about him. We're going to talk with him about uh, his book, and we're going to talk with him about, of course, his secrets, his strategies uh, that have allowed him to overcome you know, uh, adversity, as we all do have to do, and, and really just achieve extraordinary results and goals in his life. So, uh, Jeff, you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Thanks, Hal. That was a wonderful introduction. Yeah, you're not. You're, you're very, your mom sent it over to me. So I, just, I know. Yeah, word for she, word. She's she's good at that. She's good. Um, no, man. Uh, it's 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 really it is an honor and a pleasure to, to connect with you. And uh, this is our it's our first conversation. So we're yeah. you know the the audience is actually eavesdropping on me getting to know you and, <laughs> and vice versa, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool, cool. Well, let, let's start here. You know, typically I like to give, you know, give a little bit of backstory. Um, one of my mentors always said, I don't expect you to, to trust me or listen to me or learn from me and, until you, you know, know me, right? Or know a little bit about me. So um, that. under that premise, uh, talk about your, like, just give, it, give us a little bit of your, kind of your background in terms of, I, I like to have that defining moment where you went from, uh, 
you know, average, right? Or, or all, we're all born with unlimited potential, but somewhere along the way, most people resign themselves to settling for mediocrity. And, you know, uh, that point in your life where you went, hmm, wait a minute, maybe I am, I am capable and, and worthy and, and destined for, for greatness. Was there, was there a defining moment? What was life like before that? And then after that? Love that question. Uh, before I answer that question, uh, I just want to acknowledge that one of the reasons we're having this conversation is I have been impressed with you from afar uh, for so long. And the thing that impresses me the most is not how many books you've sold, which is amazing, and not how many people you're reaching and not how successful and, and famous you are. All those things are great. But I just love how often I see you um, loving your family. And so oh, um, that is, frankly, that is the most inspiring thing to me about you. And uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person. And uh, you know, like I, we all have limited amounts of time and I want to connect with the people who I feel like are just doing good stuff in the world, world for the right reasons. And you're one of those people, Hal. So really thanks for having me. Um, destined for greatness sounds, you know, such like such a big thing. And yet at the same time, I've always had this gnawing feeling that I was missing out on life. Um, I remember uh, reading an author one time who said, life is like a movie that you've kind of arrived at 20 minutes late. In other words, <laughs> you're going like, what is this about? And like, who's the hero and who's the villain? And, you know, why are there these people, you know, who are chasing them? And I feel like our lives are that, you know, that way a bit. Like we understand that we're living a story and yet we aren't quite sure what this story is about. And I felt that way in my mid to late 20s. I was working for a nonprofit. I'd been there for about five years at this point. I was a marketing director. Every year, my boss gave me a raise, told me I was doing a great job. And I just felt like, oh, great. Like, this is just going to go on forever. And, um, uh, but the more I did this, every, you know, every, every year this this went on, I started like the gnawing that I think we all have started to grow, and I was re I started to get really worried that maybe I was missing something. I had a good job, I was working for a nonprofit, I was doing good work. This isn't like the story of the guy stuck in a cubicle who hates his life. I had a lot of freedom and independence and an opportunity to grow, and yet I was worried that I was settling. And I had a conversation with a friend and he asked me what my dream was. And I said, I didn't know. And he looked at me kind of funny and said, really? Well, I would have thought that your dream was to be a writer. Hmm. And I thought it was so strange that like he knew this thing about me that I didn't know myself. But I've come to find that I think this is fairly normal. And as soon as he said that, I felt something hit me. That, that, that just, it felt tangible. Like something moved me. It stirred me. And I said in defeat, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I would like to be a writer someday. Hmm. He, just, he just looked at me, kind of stared into my soul and said, Jeff, you don't have to want to be a writer. You are a writer. You just need to write. Hmm. And that was a, a critical moment for me. That was the turning point where I kind of asked myself this question, what if this thing that I wanted to be true about myself Maybe in some way already was. like Maybe I was this thing. I was a writer and I just now needed to become it, which I know sounds sort of like, I don't know, paradoxical or something. Sure. But like that's what I believed in that moment was, no, I, I am a writer because the backstory is I had been writing on and off for years. Elizabeth Gilbert said once in a TED Talk that writing is my home and your home is not the place 
that you're from necessarily. It's the place that you keep returning to. Hmm. So if you have a passion, you have a fixation, an obsession, this thing that you can't help but do in the margins of your life, that might be your passion. That might be your true calling. And writing for me was always that thing. People ask me all the time. I just got off a, a phone call with another writer and he said, did you go to school for writing? Well, of course not. No. <laughs> like what writer goes <laughs> to school for writing? Uh, some people do, I guess. But no, I was. I never thought this would. this was a legitimate career choice. And so um, yeah, it was just this thing that I always kind of did on the side. So this friend said, you are a writer. You just need to write. I realized this is true. And I have been running away from myself my adult life. And now I need to just go home. I just need to return to this. The next day I got up at 5 a.m. and I started writing. And Hashtag I did it. miracle morning. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it was, it was powerful. And I'd, I'd heard all these people say, hey, get up early, get up early, get yeah. up early. And I was like, well, that sounds painful. Yeah. And I just didn't have any other time to do it. So I started going to bed early. I realized, oh, I do watch two hours of TV every night. <laughs> I, su I suppose I could cut that. This was before Netflix, so that would be much more difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I now it's down to six I, hours. <laughs> yeah. Now I just deprive myself of sleep. I stay up late and I get up early. There you go. Uh, no, I got up at 5 a.m. and I started writing every morning. I did that for an entire year. By the end of that first year, I had a book deal. I had... 10,000 email subscribers to my blog and I was on the way to, to building this business that would allow me to quit my job, allow my wife to quit her job and stay home and, and be a mom, which is something she wanted to do. It was the beginning of all this stuff that would happen that I had no idea about and it all began with this phrase that my friend said to me, you are a writer, you just need to write. Wow. And, and, and I mean, I, I love that. It's, it, it's, it's true for all of us, right? Fill in the blank, whatever, whatever any of us dreams of being, but maybe we have some limiting belief or something. It's just owning that it's already inside of you, right? I think so. Yeah, that's powerful. What, and how many years ago was that, 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 that distinction happened? So it was five years ago. Got it. Got it. Five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. The conversation happened. Then I started the blog, uh, and I started writing and, did that for about a year, then spent another year figuring out how to actually make a living off of it, and then you know quit my job after that. Got it, fantastic. And you, because you got four books. Which was your first? So I um, I wrote two books in the first year. One was a self-published book called "You Are a Writer," so start acting like it. Hmm. And it was um, it was just basically my journey uh, of that that first year of getting up every morning and writing and publishing and and sharing my work with the world and growing an audience and really what I think it takes to be a writer these days. And then the book that came out about six months after that was a book called "Wrecked," and it was about my experience of. Uh, working for a nonprofit and realizing, um, how, you know, people find their purpose in the context of serving others, uh, which I know you're a big fan of. Mm. And I just, you know, I'd worked with so many people and realized like, like it's not just about soul searching. It's really about going out and finding out how you can help people. All of the stuff that I do, there's sort of this thread of personal development through something that surprises you. And um, so those were the first two books that came out in the first year. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, let, let's, I'd love to hear about the new book. I mean, I, I could, you know, I'm fascinated. I, I to be completely transparent. I haven't read it yet, but just reading over it and reviewing it. And it is my Amazon shopping cart right now. So it'll, it'll be headed to my house uh, by the end of the day. But um, 
but uh, but just from what I've read, the reviews, the feedback I've gotten from people that I know that have read The Art of Work, uh, people just, they love it. I mean, it's got like a cult following. So I, I'd love to hear what the, what's the book about, who's it for, and, and who, uh, you know, how, how, who's going to benefit in, in, in what way? I appreciate that. I was um, meeting with my therapist yesterday, and he was like, what is your life's message? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and, and he was like, he was like, do you not want to talk about this? I was like, I go, it's fine. I was like, I, I said, look, I, I don't know. I write about the things that I'm dealing with and, and process them through studying what other people, like how other people have dealt with this and then share what I learn. And um, I think if I had to distill it down to a single message, it is I believe that everybody has a gift that they need to share with the world. And The Art of Work in many ways was the book that uh, I wish I could have written, you know, four years ago when I started writing books. Yeah. And um, really was the book that I needed when I started this process. But in essence, it is a book about finding your calling, which I mm. define as the reason that you're alive. And... Um, uh, the 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 argument is that the the way that we stumble into our life's purpose uh, may in fact surprise us. And so what I did with the book was I went around and interviewed hundreds of people, hmm. ordinary people doing extraordinary work, like a, a a banker who became a park ranger, and a widow who uh, started a uh, for-profit enterprise teaching workshops on how to teach people. Uh, who have uh, dying relatives, uh, basically, uh, or, or they're dying themselves, uh, how to write letters to their loved ones. It started with, uh, you know, her uh, basically seeing a friend do this, and then her husband died and didn't write letters, and so she's like, I need to teach people how to do this, and now it's, you know, expanded into lots of other things. But all these interesting people that I ran hmm. into, and um, it was a really fun process, and then I compared those stories with, I love biographies. So I read, you know, biographies of Walt Disney and Mother Teresa and all these people who like we go, okay, like they figured something out, right? Like uh, they figured out what it takes to live a meaningful life of lasting impact. And the book is about all of the things that those people have in common and that I've experienced in my own, you know, personal way in, in my journey of figuring out what is my life about and therefore what do I need to go do. And so this is, I think, more than a book about how to find your dream job or make a million dollars. And all those things are great, but I believe they're byproducts of tapping into your personal purpose. And that's what this book is about. So just kind of a superficial, what, why, why were you put on earth type of book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it. So, yeah. <laughs> Got it. I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, here, here's one thing that I'd love to know, and, and this is, um, you know, I sometimes catch people off guard with this question, so we'll see if I do that. But um, the people that are successful, which, you know, I would deem you very successful, and uh, the often we look at folks, and I mean, I, I still do this, where I see people that are living uh, an extraordinary life, or they're achieving at a high level, or maybe they've achieved something that I want to achieve, and we create this separation, like, man, if only, you know, they're so well-spoken, or they're so, you know, if only I was as good-looking as they are, or, gosh, they've got better connections, or, or they, they didn't have my childhood. If they had my childhood, they wouldn't be where they are, right? So, like, we create this separation, and what I've, what I've, you know, a mentor taught me 
early on when I was 19 is that, you know, that we have more in common with the world's most successful people being that they are human beings uh, like we are. So anyway, uh, the, the point is, or the question is, um, while your success is impressive, I'd love to hear about any any fear or failure that you've dealt with or, or are currently dealing with and how you have overcome it or, or how you're working to overcome it. I wish I had fear failure to talk about, Hal, but I am just <laughs> tapped out. Yeah, it's like the the job interview question where you go like, um, uh, uh, you know, my what my greatest fault is that I, you know, I care too much. Yeah, I, yeah, work, yeah. Too, I, work, I work too hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my weakness is that I don't have any. Uh, all I have is strengths. Yeah. Uh, no. So I um, I re- so re- resonate and resemble all of those excuses and questions and you know reasons that we give ourselves for why we don't succeed. And here's the deal like I think most people don't need a pep talk, right? They need somebody to go, "Yeah, you're right." Like that's true. You don't have those connections and you don't have that special opportunity hmm. and um uh you know th- this person probably did get lucky. And 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 then the next question is, "So? Like so what are you going to do with that? Just not try? Hmm. Like yeah. just not try to figure out what your life is about and and do something with it?" Um the truth is all of our journeys are unique, and I think that there's something really powerful in that. So where I begin with the book and where I think we all have to begin, we try to figure out, okay, what is this thing that I want to do? A lot of people focus on the what. I think we need to start with the who. A guy named Parker Palmer, who is a Quaker and wrote this great book called Let Your Life Speak, says it like this. He says, before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I need to listen to my life telling me who I am. And uh, he talks about why we end up in in the middle of our lives having breakdowns. And it's because we've chased an identity that is that doesn't belong to us, that isn't ours. So we, we chase somebody else's version of success. For the record, I'm not anti-success. Uh, however, what I have learned and continue to learn is the most dangerous thing to happen to a person this day and age, especially somebody with the privilege uh, to listen to something like this. So if you're listening to this, you have privileges that people uh, you know, in other parts of the world do not have. You have an internet connection. You have probably fancy devices surrounding you right now. You have privilege and opportunity that other people don't have. In other words, there are people that could say, oh, I could never do what she does because she has all this opportunity. And if you're squandering that opportunity, looking at somebody else saying that same thing, shame on you. Um, but I think the the greatest temptation in this position that you're in right now is to not fail. Like that's not the worst thing that could happen to you. The worst thing that could happen to you is that you succeed at the wrong thing. And I think the way that we not succeed at the wrong thing is we really figure out who am I, what do I want, and, and what is it that I'm really here to do. Now that doesn't mean that there won't be practice, there won't be failure, there won't be trial and error. Um, when we can talk about that, I'm happy to talk about failure, lots of that. Uh, but I think we have to begin with with that point right there, which is um, stop being afraid of failure. Start fearing not trying or start fearing succeeding at, at the wrong thing because, there, gosh, there's so much information about there about how to succeed at this, that, or the other thing. The real question is who are you and who do you want to be? And then you can pick a track and then you can figure out your way to get there, understanding that your journey is unique and yeah, you know, some people might get lucky. You might have hardship that other people don't have. I think there are all kinds of uniquenesses to our journeys. We're not all the same, but so what? What are you going to do with the opportunities that you do have with the place where you are right now? And and I, you know, the person that, you know, I, I think you were made to be, like there's a responsibility there that you have to respond to. 
Yeah. Oh man, that the last thing you said resonates so deeply with me, which is that I believe that every single one of us has a responsibility to fulfill our potential for what that will do for the people that we love and care about. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Yeah. Like it's not even about us. Like, yeah, if you want to settle for mediocrity, that's fine. If it were to only affect you. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. But you're hurting everyone that knows you and loves you because you're telling them, Hey, it's okay to eat unhealthy and it's okay to not exercise. It's okay to settle and it's okay to be unhappy. And it's, you know, cause like how we live anyway, I'll get on a soapbox here. So let's move on. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I love it, man. I, wow. I I love, I love the way you think. And I love, uh, I, I love the, that approach of if somebody's making excuses or sharing the reasons they can't succeed, you know, they don't need a pep talk, just agree with them. Yep. You're right. <laughs> you don't have any of those things and you, you know, you don't have any of those resources, but uh, so what are you going to do with it? Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, my, I, I talk pretty openly about going to therapy and people are like, Oh, I love that you do that. I'm like, what? Like this, like I go to a doctor too. These are things that I think healthy people do. Yeah. Um, but especially for me, cause I need these things. Uh, but, um, he always goes, well, how's that working for you? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, you know, how's, how's sleeping four hours a night and, and not going to the gym and, and blaming everybody else for your problems? How's that working for you? Hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I have met so many people, as I'm sure you have, Hal, who have so many different experiences and hardships. And I, I am just so uh, – uh, I try to be sensitive to that and very hesitant to say, I'm just like you. That's not true. I'm a sure. human being. And, and I think we have things in common, but what I learned from writing this book, which was basically a research project for me to figure out like, what is, what is life about more, you know, more specifically, what is, uh, my life about? And one of the things I realized is that people who found their purposes, uh, it surprised them. Like they didn't expect, you know, the, the banker didn't expect to go be a park ranger. Uh, the, the, the stepmom didn't expect for her husband to die and for her to have to, you know, start providing for herself again and to do it in this very unexpected way, teaching people to write letters. And yet when they got to this thing that they call their calling, they all said, oh yeah, now I understand that everything that happened to me in life, good and bad, was preparing me for the work that I had to do. But it was my job to pay attention, to listen to your life, as Parker Palmer would say, and realize what I needed to do to respond. I think we get in trouble when I go, oh, I would love to be like Hal Elrod. I'd love to sell as many books as he just sold or have this live event or do these things. And it's not to say that you can't have what somebody else has, uh, but I think there's greater power in honoring the opportunities that you've already been given. Hmm. And we've all been given opportunity. I call that an accidental apprenticeship. It's this idea that life has basically been preparing you, whether you think it's the universe or God or just you know luck, there are things that have happened to you that are unique to you that qualify you to do work that nobody else can do. I think that's that thing that you need to respond to. Not, oh, I just want to go be successful. I think success is the byproduct that comes, as I said before, from responding to that calling deep within you. Uh, we've all heard this before that you know your greatest obstacles are your opportunities. Uh, so when you look around at what other people have that you don't have, the question is, what do I have that other people don't have? What's the opportunity, the unfair advantage that I have that in many ways may feel like I got to dig deep into my pain. Mm. You know, I've got to look at at the things that have been hard, the abuse, the hard, you know, all the things that have been really painful for me and figure out what's, what's something in here that can be redeemed, that can be uh, applied to a, a life of purpose that allows me to help other people. That was the very surprising thing that, that the, secret to somebody finding their purpose was often hidden in their pain. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that the, the most successful people in the world are often those that have had the hardest lives, right? And that's where they took that adversity and, and turned it into an advantage. So, yeah. Um, Fantastic. So the, I'd love to hear, you know, this is the achieve your goals podcast and you obviously are a goal achiever, um, of the highest order. What, uh, what are your, what are your best tips on achieving goals? You know, what, what have you found? Everybody has their own approach, their own secret, you know, and, uh, recently, um, a friend of mine, John Lee Dumas, you know, he has a, a product coming out called the freedom journal and yeah, John that. being a top podcaster, the, the, this was created where he, uh, you know, asked himself or people would ask him, you've interviewed, you know, with over a thousand of the world's most successful people. What's their secret? What's the secret? And he couldn't answer that question for a long time. And then he realized it was their ability to set and achieve goals, right? So that's what the Freedom Journal is all about. So shameless plug for my buddy John's Freedom Journal. But um, the uh, so the point being, right, that uh, being able to set and achieve goals is we often take it for granted. Like people that were that learned it at some point and they do it. It's just the way that we think. It's like automatic. And but then you realize the majority of people, right, were never really taught how to set and achieve goals. So with all of that context set, what are your the best strategies or the not so obvious secrets or or the methods that you found? most effective in setting and achieving your goals? So there are three three things that I, I think um, uh, work well for me. And I feel like I have to answer all these questions with the caveat, like I'm not Tony Robbins. Like I'm not this type A achievement-oriented person. Hmm. I, I'm lazy, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> disorganized. And I don't say this, you know, in, to, in some sort of condescending way to go, I'm just like you. I am so opposed to all these things because they feel too boxy for me and I'm an artist and I'm a writer and I like to, you know, to, um, just kind of be a free spirit. And yet <laughs> that didn't work out so well for me, you know, being lazy and disorganized and going, oh, I don't need goals. And so what I've had to figure out is how do I take these concepts, you know, that are like goal setting, yeah. <laughs> productivity, uh, getting up early, you know, uh, having an idea of what you want your life to look like, um, and apply them in a way that feels um, uh, congruent with the way I live my life and even you know my, my values. Uh, and I think that they're like I, I learned three things about goal setting is first of all, you have to believe it. You have to believe that you actually can achieve the goal. So you have to set a goal that is um, that's achievable. It's, it's a reasonable, goal. And I was actually talking to, to John, uh, about this on, on his podcast. And, um, you know, he was talking about the smart goal system and, you know, I, I love that one of the, the pieces in that acronym is it's achievable. You can't set some ridiculous goal, uh, and just go, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do that. It can be a big goal, but you have to, in your mind, be able to visualize how I'm going to accomplish this. Otherwise, it's just a dream. And dreams are great, but they are not goals. Sure. And so you have to believe it, and I think you also have to believe in it. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, you have to want to do something that you feel is worth your effort. And um, a lot of people set goals just because it's fun to say, oh, I want to make this much money. Do you really believe in that? And do you, you really believe what it's going to take to do that? The second thing is speak it and and share it. And so what I mean is audibly speak it out loud. I, I um, again, you know, for a long time sort of winced at this idea of making sort of audible declarations, you know, out in the air in your car in front of your mirror or whatever. There's something powerful about when we put words around an idea and we say this out loud and then even share it with other people. And so uh, I don't think you have to do that thing where like people put it 
you know, in front of the world, in front of the universe. There's some interesting studies I read about when you uh, publicly share a goal with too many people, um, it, it's less achievable because um, basically the the thrill that you got of of achieving the goal, like you got it from people going, that's great. Like that's great that you're going to run a marathon. Uh, that's so good. And yeah. you're getting all this – a claim for something that you haven't even actually done yet. I mean, think about how many times people declare to Facebook, I'm going to lose 30 pounds or whatever. And I've seen people follow through with that, and that's amazing. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's better to sort of speak a goal, share it with a few trusted people who can hold you accountable, but not make this big public declaration. Uh, but the important part is to speak it. Then the third part, perhaps the most important part, is to break it down and do it. So I was talking to somebody today, another writer, uh, blogger, whom uh, I'm coaching and he said, I want 10,000 email subscribers by the end of 2016. I was like, I love that goal. How many do you have right now? He's like, I have two. <laughs> like, okay, great. Like, that's awesome. So you need 9,998 if I did yeah. my math right. And um, so well, let's break that down. You know, how many? That's 830 something a month. That's, uh, I think, you know, 30 something uh, a day. How are you going to do that today? How are you going to do that tomorrow? And we had to break down daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and, you know, strategies to get to that year end goal. So those are three things I'd say. Believe it and believe in it. Speak it and share it. Break it down and do it. I love it. Believe it and believe in it. Um, I, I actually, I'm like, I was confused for a second because I'm like, wait, I have down four, but I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I separated your first yes. one into, uh, uh, that's great. All right. And let me just, I want my I'm notes here. Really, I'm real bad at math. So. <laughs> Nice. That's good. Well, hey, you got the 9,998 remaining followers. Still uh, sweating that. You, you know, we that. might have to go back. People don't know that we actually splice that in with some editing. <laughs> nice. I, the first take, I said like 7,500, and that was wrong. That's true. That, yeah, that, that was actually, that was your third attempt at doing the math. <laughs> Hang on, Jeff. Head. Hang on. Do you want to try one more yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the the magic of editing. That's funny. I love it. All right. Um, what is uh, you know, what's your number one goal, Jeff? If you were to share, what's your number one goal? And and, and you can share this in the context of either like right now in your life this year that you're focused on, or like your big goal in life, or you you know both. But like, what's the most important thing for you? You know, I think that there's something to be said about when, when, when you ask somebody, what do you want to do or what's your dream? The first thing that comes to mind, um, there's something to that. Hmm. Uh, that's not always proven true for me, yeah. but often it has. It, it tells you what you really want, and sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we're so caught up in what people think that, you know, we, what, what we think people want to hear. The idea that came to mind when you said that is what I want to do, the one thing that I want to do is I want to share ideas that change culture. I want to spread ideas that change culture. They could be my ideas, other people's ideas. I'm I'm less concerned about that. Obviously, there's there's some it's a it's a nice little ego uh, stroke when you know somebody reads your book with your ideas and and they go, oh, this is great. But I think most creativity, to reference Austin Kleon, is just stealing from other people. It's ethical stealing from from other people's ideas and putting them together in a new and interesting package. Yeah. As, as John did with the, the Freedom Journal. Here's the secret. It's a bunch of other people's secrets, but it's the one thing that ha they all have in common. And, um, you know, the art of work was that experience for me too, just going, what is life about? And, and, and what does it take to live a purpose-filled life? It's not money. It's not this. It's not, it's not fame. It's not, it's not all these things that we think it is. It's not, you know, accumulation of property. What do all these people have in common? And it's like, well, they, you know, they're listening to their lives or paying attention to the theme of their, their stories or doing this or doing that. 
the a major theme of my story is I love to take ideas and connect them with people. And if I aspire to a legacy, something to leave behind, it's that I will have introduced ideas that change the culture in some small or maybe even big way. Wow. Profound, man. I, you and I, uh, I, I that, your answer inspired me to go. I'm thinking, I'm making a note. We need to, I need to reconnect and talk with Jeff offline because <laughs> uh, we looks like there's some work that we could do together. Um, last but not least, what's the best way for people to, uh, to, you know, to, to get your books, to f- connect with you, to, you know, what, what's the best way to, uh, to reach out to, to you, Jeff? I want to start giving like a fax number for the, these kinds of questions. Uh, just, that's a Dan just, Kennedy technique right there. Right? <laughs> this fax me. You fax me. Uh, yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, it's great. And only the people that are really serious will, will actually reach yeah. out. Nobody faxes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> page me. Just, well, yeah. what's so wrong? Just page me. Um, go to my, my blog is the best place to go. It's sort of the hub. I'm on social media, all those, all those fancy places that the kids are using these days. <laughs> um, goinswriter.com. If you go to goinswriter.com, G O I N S writer.com. Uh, you go there and uh, we're actually giving away the first two chapters of The Art of Work for free there if you sign up for the email list. I saw somebody do that on, on their website and I stole it from them. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So goinswriter.com, you can find out more about me there and about the book as well. Cool. 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 Goinswriter.com. Appreciate it. All right, man. Well, hey, Jeff, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough. Really, really enjoyed our uh, conversation today. Thank you. It's totally my pleasure. Cool. Thanks, buddy. And uh, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, I am, I'm so in awe. Every time I go to an event, I'm speaking and someone comes up and they're like, I listen to the podcast every week. And I'm like, really? Just It's me in my office just talking to a microphone and that, there's actually real people listening. So uh, you are one of those folks. I, I really appreciate you and uh, your loyalty to the podcast. And if there's anything that I can do to help you or serve you, um, go to my website, halelrod.com. You can contact me there and uh, I look forward to adding value for you in any way that I can. And until next time, set some big, exciting, possibly intimidating goals, work towards them every day because you deserve nothing less. And we'll talk to you soon. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So now hopefully you have some great takeaways with this interview with Jeff. Jeff is really one of the one of the few people that I follow on a regular basis and have been involved in his Tribe Writers program since it very first started several years ago and can highly recommend that program. So we want to know what were your biggest takeaways from this episode with Jeff. Simply head on over to hellelrod.com slash 104 for episode number 104 just leave a comment on the show notes page there. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to hellelrod.com slash iTunes, clicking the little subscribe button, and leave a rating and review. Rating and reviews are truly the best way for you to actually show your appreciation for the show because they help more people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. Now, until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals.
If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.